Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the corner where the treats is is this the the passing of the torch, right? Is this what this signifies? It, it comes down to that that front office and what they feel is most important. The champ is here. We've touched down from a higher plane. Why you made it here? We always look forward to that week because it was always intense. You know that we ain't coming back. We got to the man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My 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 favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. I love you guys, show, but Dante was my guy. Get to dashing because you done on the war feet. This episode of Chief Concerns is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and much more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. BetOnline is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Anything is possible! What's up, Lance? Okay, well, Lance has got you guys right our back. It's a stogie. It's celebration time, baby. How you doing, buddy? Hi, Marcus. How are you? I'm feeling, personally, I feel great right now. I hate to be the guy that says that I told you so, everybody, but I told you so. From the very beginning of the season, we talked about how this team is not going to regress. We don't need to revisit the past. We can just talk about the present. The Chiefs are now embarking into their fifth consecutive AFC championship, potentially hosting their fifth consecutive championship, AFC championship. Regardless of where it's going to be played, the Chiefs will be playing in that game. The Chiefs had an opportunity to squander it. They lost their quarterback for essentially an entire quarter. But nevertheless, anything is possible, as my guy Marcus Das just said. And we got a lot to talk about because a lot of things happen in this game. But all things point and positive for Chiefs Kingdom and the Chiefs as a whole, they are still alive and they're ready to go into back into the Super Bowl for the third time in the last five years. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, as Lance said, a lot of things to discuss uh, tonight's uh, uh, AFC Divisional Round post-game Chief Concerns show. Um, our guy, J.D., may or may not join us. He's actually right now uh, in Los Angeles at the uh, NFLPA uh, Collegiate Bowl. He's the tight ends coach for one of the teams. Uh, a lot of good names, actually, in that. Um, a lot of former Chiefs players were actually coaching in that. I believe Chris Chambers is a wide receivers coach. Uh, and that Bobby Scipio is also a coach in there. Some good names uh, at the College Bowl. So, J.D.'s probably having himself a good time in Los Angeles. He may or may not join us, uh, but Lance and I will certainly hold down the fort until uh, J.D. gets back, if he does get back today. Um, two weeks off from the, the postgame show, so we, we missed you guys. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a gr- great uh, great time to be talking um, Chiefs Bowl. Um, obviously, the big thing tonight was the um, obviously the win, but um, – Underscoring that win, I have to say, obviously, the the injury uh, from uh, Mahomes' ankle injury. And I got to say, you know, I, I mentioned it on Twitter. Um, I got some flack on there. I, I called it, uh, Mahomes, this is Mah- and I even named the title of this episode, uh, this is Mahomes' flu game. Uh, obviously, NBA fans, Jordan fans know, uh, everyone knows about the, the, the Jordan flu game. 
Um, and, you know, Mahomes came out today, came out that second quarter, didn't want to leave the game. And I got to say, we'll talk about this, but um, the, the stretch plays, the under center plays when Mahomes is dealing with his ankle injury, it seemed like he was more hobbled from that than doing anything else. So, like, we should have kind of a, maybe avoided that a little bit, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, but Mahomes came in, did fine, um, looked all right, obviously a little hobbled there. Uh, but Chad Henney, man, um, two out of the last three playoffs, he's come in and, like, done what he had to do. Like, you know, and I say he was, he's a, he was a Jag, he's a Jaguars cast off. And I think it's funny that he came in against his old team and drove down 98 yards to score. Um, looked great on that drive too. get the ball out fast. I think like, what five of those catches of five of uh, Kelsey's like 15 catches. And I came on that drive, uh, which is, which is nice, but it, it, it was a great redemption for Shannon to do that against his old team, but also shows how important having a mature, uh, an adult in the room as a backup, um, as Colin Coward says, uh, an adult in the room as as uh, Mahomes' backup um, and shows you how how important that is. And um, every year, I know we always think it's Chetney's last season. Um, I hope it's not his last season. I hope he continues to be our backup for the next two years at least. Um, and if we and if he's not, that shows and emphasizes how big of a uh, how big of a deal it is to have a, a good solid backup in case Mahomes gets an injury, especially in the playoffs. Um, Lance, talk to me about what you saw from Mahomes. Uh, post injury, what you thought about the play uh, that it's called into question by Arden Key, the tackle, uh, which a lot of people say is dirty. Some Jags fans are saying it's not dirty, and other other teams' fans were saying it wasn't a dirty play. Talk to me about that. Talk to me about Chad Henney's performance, and talk to me about what you fear eight days from now um, with this with this high ankle sprain potentially. Yeah, I, I find it. I mean, I would I would love for the for a Chiefs player to fall their full weight when they didn't brace falling at all and just falling right on Trevor Lawrence's ankle like that, and then let them say that that wasn't a dirty ass play because that's exactly what it was. Mm -hmm. Arden Key, that was a dirty ass play, and we all know it. Uh, Chiefs fans, whatever you have, two working eyeballs, one working eyeball. May hell, even if you just have ears that work, I mean, that may give you enough indication of what took place. It was a dirty play, and and that's just what it was. Chiefs moved on from it. Patrick Mahomes moved on from it. You could tell that, and from what Patrick Mahomes said in his press conference, the, the, the coaching staff and the medical staff essentially told him, uh, look, dude, we know you want to keep playing. We're not, we're not opposed to that, but if you don't go in the back, if you don't get checked out, you're not playing at all. We're not putting you back in. He was pissed off about that, but that's, that's what you love about Patrick Mahomes is that dog in him. He's got that dog in him. He wants to fight. Bobby Stroop was tweeting at it nonstop. His, his own personal trainer was talking about that's that's the dog in him, man. And so that didn't shock, shock me at all. Uh, it didn't shock me at all that he came back in the, and, and played immediately in the second half. What I loved about it, though, is if you look at his numbers from the before the injury to after the injury. So before the injury, he was 10 of 12 for 77 yards and a touchdown. That's really good. After the injury, he went 10 of 18. That's 66% of his pass. I'm sorry, 12 of 18. That's 66% of his passes he completed. He had 118 passing yards and a touchdown. So he did not drop off one bit. It didn't look the same. It wasn't as easy. But the man went out there and still balled out. He was out there kicking ass with one leg. I didn't know that was possible, but he found a way to do it. And he went out there and made plays. He even made a couple off-schedule plays. And, uh, I, look, it was not easy. I know it wasn't. I can't imagine how much that hurt. They had that thing taped up to no end that you could barely recognize it was even a foot. It looked like a burrito out there. But he <laughs> went out there. He wheeled his team back to it. But to your point about Chad Henney, the game ball's got to go to two guys. It's Chad Henney and Harrison Butker. And I'm sure we'll talk about Butker in a second. Not but bad. those two men right there are what saved this game. It's almost as if they need to give Chad Henney, like if he continues to play, like you said, about hopefully this isn't his last season. But let's say, let's say Henney plays at least one more year and the Chiefs are in the divisional round again. Patrick Mahomes doesn't even need to be injured. They just need to let him play for a quarter because it just was like this tradition now where this guy just comes <laughs> in and just does something, man. I mean, you're pinned on the two-yard line directly after Patrick got hurt. 
Like, it was just the previous drive, and everyone's thinking, all right, it's a one-possession game. The Chiefs are on the two-yard line. And our guy, Chad Henney, goes 5 of 7 for 23 yards and a touchdown with a 117 quarterback rating. I mean, in the middle of – I mean, he – you know, you're supposed to stay focused. You're supposed to stay ready. But, man, you can't ever prepare for that, especially when you have the MVP as your – Yep. Yep, technical difficulties. Lance, you with us? Uh-oh. Now, right, well, Lance will be uh, – I'm back. Lance. I'm back. All right. A little technical difficulty. Yes, but, yeah, right. it just all, – all praise, all respect to what Chad Hitty was able to do. And I just – I mean, yeah, I, even though he's 37, 38 years old, this guy, when you need him to do it, he goes in there and finds a way, man. And it just – it's all praise to what he is to this team and how much he matters to this team because he's an extension of the coaching staff. But he'll go out there and make a play or two, man, to keep their team alive and put the game on ice. And that's what he did against the Browns two years ago. And he just helped the Chiefs win another divisional playoff game to advance to a, their fifth consecutive AFC championship. Yeah, it's amazing how – the guy barely plays all season in both the, the moments you of when we look at Chad Henney's tenure, we're going to look to see these two games being this one and the AFC and the, in the divisional game against the Browns two years ago. It's crazy. I mean, that's, that's kind of like the only other time I could think of something like this would be uh, with Frank Reich in the, with the nineties with the bills when Kelly went out and then um, he played the uh, wild card and divisional. And then, um, and then Kelly came back and they did the, the championship game, but like yeah. that's, you can't really think of that many, many times. And, and Henny, that's pretty much his legacy in Kansas City is Cleveland and in this game. Um, and, of course, you know, well, actually Matt Moore was the one who came in the, the year where uh, he heard his um, – or we had the, uh, the the knee prop during that, that Thursday night game. Um, but talking about the ankle injury. So I've had ankle sprains before that they're, they're nasty. This one obviously looks a lot worse than the ones I've had. Um, I've broken my ankles, which is a totally different story altogether. But um, – Ankle sprain. He has eight days. Luckily, we play next Sunday at six thirty, so we got an extra day of to get to get better. So eight days uh, to get right. What do we think about that? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of like other players who've had ankle sprains who, who've played on it. Obviously, he played on this. He had the adrenaline pumping, and who knows what kind of tore it all shots. I've heard stories from from some of the former players we've had on the show before. These guys get these tore it all shots. Whatever, whatever that that where that goes, that part of the body becomes numb, and then obviously when it wears off, then it hurts like a bitch. But what do we think about this this injury? I mean, how, obviously they're, they're going to put him in some kind of bubble wrap after this game and uh, pretty much put him in a, in a freezer till uh, till next Sunday. What do you think? How do you think this plays out this week? Um, do you think he obviously be limited? Uh, what, what do we think is going to happen this week? And are you concerned about going up against either Hendrickson, Hubbard, or you know the uh, the other guys on the on the other side, Rousseau and, and all those guys in Buffalo? Um, that's a definitely concern, right? I mean, yeah. I mean. What do you, what do you what do you think about that with this, this high ankle sprain going into a next weekend's game? Well, anytime your quarterback has a lower extremity injury, obviously you have to pay attention to it. He's going to be a limited participant at best in practice. He'll probably miss the early part of the week as far as activity is concerned. I'm sure he'll be in the film study. I'm sure he'll be just as involved as he ever is when it comes to game planning and things of that nature. But yeah, I, I would highly anticipate Patrick will probably be in a walking boot for the early part of the regular the 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 regular go abouts and the and the practices and things of that nature. The good thing is, man, is that it, it definitely looked as if when the adrenaline subsided and it started, the pain started to really wreak havoc, he was able to fight through that, which is a good sign. And we have actually seen quarterbacks in the past fight through these types of very similar injuries, like Ben Roethlisberger. He ended up playing the very next week. I think it was in 2011. He got hurt against the Browns and then played that very next week and actually had a really good game. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is nowhere near the athlete Patrick Mahomes is, and I know that Patrick Mahomes is a lot more mobile, so that's all obviously plays to his strengths of being able to get out of the out of the pocket. So he's going to probably be a lot more limited. The good thing about this is, is two things. 
whoever the Chiefs face in the next round, neither one of these teams are at their full strength when it comes to pass rush. We've seen the Bills, a team that had Von Miller early parts of the year and majority of the season, get to the quarterback rushing four. That's not been the case of the last four or five weeks. They've had to do a lot more blitz schemes, which is going to leave a lot more open for Patrick Mahomes if, in fact, they have to play the Bills, especially if they have to play in Atlanta on that quick turf. So that's something that I feel a lot better about, especially when the when Patrick Mahomes is protected by this offensive line. I know Orlando Brown did not have a good game, but Patrick Mahomes didn't get sacked in this game, and they and they uh, the Chiefs' offensive line led the league in win rate on pass plays. So they're going to do well even against a better pass rush than the Bills. The good thing for the Bengals, if the Chiefs end up playing the Bengals, is the Bengals, if I'm not mistaken, finished 30th in the league in sacks. They're not a defense that's known to get to the quarterback anyway, and Hendrickson is banged up, and he's their best pass rusher. They, so they, they, they do know how to get to us, though. They, they, they do have their way that, with us. And, and that's what I was going to say. The thing about the, the way the Bengals have been able to get to Patrick Mahomes is their drop eight and making him sit in the pocket, sit in the pocket. So I'd imagine this week, if the Chiefs end up having to play the Bengals, they're going to have a game plan where they're going to get the ball out quicker out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. Because you and I both have talked about this before, about how frustrating it is all three of their last three Bengals games are against the Bengals. They have not done that, where they're getting the ball quicker out of Patrick's hands and beating that drop eight coverage. So I, I, that can't happen this weekend. The Chiefs are now going to have to force their hands. And the way that Pacheco is playing football, having 95 rushing yards, I think on seven and a half yards per carry tonight, that's going to give the Chiefs even more incentive to run the ball against if the, if the Bengals want to play that soft-ass coverage. Man, the Chiefs can just go out there and get six, seven yards a clip. 78 yards in the first half. Unreal. I mean, and I'll tell you what, I, I, I haven't been the biggest fan of Pacheco. I mean, I, I, I like Pacheco, but I, I've been kind of, you know, most of the Chiefs Kingdom, you know, wanted to crown him right away and give him the Kareem Hunt, like, crown right like, week week four, right after that Buccaneers game. Everybody wanted to crown him. Um, and I, I got to say, seeing that burst he had, that 4-3, because I haven't seen, because he's, he's a fast guy, that 4-3 speed, that he, he hasn't really shown that this year. That one yeah. running he had in the first half, like, holy crap, and he ran down the sideline. Unreal, and that really showed his 4-3 speed. He hasn't really gotten the chance to show that, and he kind of showcased that for us today. Um, but I do want to uh, talk about um, – you, you, you mentioned that they're getting the ball out quick, and we obviously this offense has capability of doing that because when you saw Chad Henney go in there, he was two seconds, boom, he was getting that out. There, there, there was no yeah. there was no extend, extending plays like Mahomes does, and that is what, what the beauty of Mahomes. He can extend plays and, you know, get something that's not there initially and, you know, uh, roll out of the pocket and finding that, but – we can do it. We can drive 98 yards with Chad Henney doing it. I think Mahomes can 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 get the ball out quick against Cincinnati uh, next week. Um, but you mentioned this is one guy that I, I wanted to showcase today. This is a guy that's gotten a lot of shit in, in Chiefs Kingdom. We've given him a lot of shit in Chiefs Kingdom. Um, you could say that. Myself included. Yeah, no, on this show particularly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Harrison Bucker, man, uh, 250 yard field goals today. Um, they got us that kick right after the um, – uh, one of Mahomes' uh, first drives going in there, we got that, we got that kick. Um, uh, unreal. Uh, it, it was a time we needed to get, to get that, that, that field goal. Um, and then his tackle and that kick return. We don't make that tackle there. That's game time. We got ourselves – we might be still we, – we might have lost that game. We might have gone to overtime. Something crazy could have happened. But Bucker, man, came up huge. And that's the one guy I, I want to give her flowers to because, you know, when we shit on guys – we also have to make sure we we recognize when guys when when guys step up. And Harrison Bucker, special teams was atrocious today. Agner's a good ass kick returner, but every week there's always a new special teams problem. And Bucker was not the issue today. He had nothing to do with that. Um, so <laughs> you mentioned it about Harrison Bucker. What what do you got to say about Harrison Bucker uh, in his uh, in his game today? Stepping up on, on all. This phases. is this is the 
Yeah, this is the epitome of a love-hate relationship when it comes to kickers, man. I'm always about what have you done for me lately. And when you when you when you screw up, I'm gonna give you shit. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I demand better because you play a specific role. You are supposed to be nails. You're supposed to be mentally strong. You're supposed to do your job. It's one simple thing. I'm not saying simple, but you have one job to do literally. You don't have the pressure of being a quarterback to ask to lead an offense. You don't have to worry about being an edge rusher and having to go out there and play 50, 60 snaps and try to get to that quarterback. You have one one job to do. And when Harrison Bucker does it, I'm going to always give him his respect. Not only, not only did he hit those two big field goals, he went three for three on extra points, and that's what I've always knocked him on because yeah. we all know, man, when it, comes to the, when it comes to the playoffs, Harrison Bucker from 50, man, it's money. The dude's mm-hmm. money from deep, man. He's, he's Steph Curry with the foot, I'm telling you. He just hits them deep, man. But when it comes to extra points, that is where I'm always paying attention. And the dude not only went three for three, he actually technically went four for four because we had that false start. I think it was on Andrew mm-hmm. Wiley or Allegretti, mm-hmm. whoever it was that got, they got it on. But he sunk it again, and it, 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 it just it, Butker when they needed him the most because this was a night when your MVP, who's been picking you guys up all season, needed you to pick him up for a change. Harrison Butker and his foot, Chad Hitty and his arm and the decision making picked up Patrick Mahomes, and that is why this was a team victory, man. We've we've had games in the past where Patrick just put through through for 400 yards and four touchdowns. It didn't really matter. Pat, you know, the team could screw up on defense a couple times, and Patrick just carries them. This is a night where everybody had to play at their best because they knew Patrick Mahomes was human tonight for the majority of the time, mm-hmm. and they did just that, man. The defense did incredible special teams, although Agnew did run all over him, and Dave Tobes driving me crazy with some of these coverages he's putting out there. We have to give our guy, Harrison Butker, a ton of credit in this game, man, because he was absolute nails, and he's what we needed tonight out of, out, of the, out of the kicking position, man. That played a large, large role in why the Chiefs are advancing. Yeah, um, and you kind of talk about the, the kind of team game aspect, and it was. Everyone stepped up their level of play. I haven't seen Frank Clark look that good in a really long time consistently. He was all over the ball today, pat, pass rush, um, making some tackles in the, in the backfield. Um, and then also you had guys like Derek Nottie step up. And I, haven't heard, I haven't heard Derek Nye's name all season. I mean, he's been one guy that J.D. and I have talked about looking awful as far as not getting any penetration up there. He looked, he looked like a badass tonight. Well, yeah, that Colin one play. Saunders as well. Colin Saunders, yeah, and that was the one thing Jaguars fans were actually mad about. They said the one hit that he had on uh, Trevor Lawrence was a helmet-to-helmet. Helmet. It was a dirty play. Um, I, got, I got called out for that on our, on our Twitter account. Um, but you talked about the stepping up of play from everybody. What do you what do you make of the, the, the D-line today? I know Chris Jones didn't get a sack tonight, but – I mean, his presence made, made a difference, obviously, as it, as it normally does. What do you think about the stepping up of play from the defense, uh, specifically the guys on the defensive line tonight? We we talked about this, I know, on your guys' show, and I've talked about this on my show on the Spoken Podcast, and I've heard it. A lot of other shows have been asking about it, about if this defensive line in particular is going to be for real. Because as we all know, they let they were second in the league in sacks, I think only behind the Eagles. Uh, they've stepped it up. I think they had over 22 more sacks this season than they had last season. That's a massive step up. That's credit to Joe Colon, which is where this all starts. I mean, Steve Spagnuolo is the man that runs the defense, but Joe Colon's been the ultimate difference maker in all this. The defensive line coach from, ironically, the Jaguars, the guy that came over from a year ago and decided, you know what, enough's enough. Let's make this into a defensive line that can be respected, and that's exactly what's happened. If you notice tonight, Spags wasn't calling as many blitzes. They were still there, but you didn't feel like Spags had to draw them up in order for them to get pressure. Karloftis is up there in the face of Trevor Lawrence. Carlos Dunlap was in his face. Chris Jones was all up in that backfield. He didn't get a sack, but his presence was known all night long. Uh, uh, yeah, like you said, Derek Naughty. Naughty by nature was out there tonight doing his thing. 
Uh, Colin Saunders getting that big, massive hit, which was clean as hell because the ref's standing right there. And you know they don't ever hesitate to throw flags on the Chiefs. They didn't throw one because that was a clean-ass hit. It was a nice hit. Knocked Trevor Lawrence about five yards back. So I have confidence in this defense, and the reason why is because they've given me reason to believe in them. They've given me reason to have confidence in them because this this uh, Jaguars offensive line, although is a little banged up, Scherf was a little banged up, their center was a little banged up coming to this game. Trevor Lawrence is one of the five fewest sacks quarterbacks in the league this season. And both times the Chiefs have played them this year, a combined seven sacks on Trevor Lawrence. Seven sacks in two games against Trevor Lawrence in this offensive line. That's a lot of credit to what the Chiefs' defensive line has done, what Joel Cullen has done, what Steve Spagnuolo has done, giving the trust to his defensive line head, his defensive line coach, and this defensive line to go out there and make statements. They've been making statements far often than they haven't this season, especially down this last stretch and this last winning streak they've been having. Man, it's it's been nothing short of awesome, and it's made the job for these young cornerbacks, as we've talked about so many times on this show in particular. You got to make the job easier for these young and inexperienced corners. And that's exactly what they did tonight, man. They made their jobs easy tonight. Yeah, 100%. I, I, I forgot the Colin play. Yeah, he was the, the, the his revenge game, too. Uh, yeah, Chad Hayes' revenge game. You also had uh, Joe Collins' revenge game. Um, but it, it's one thing that I said online. Uh, I, I, If you guys weren't with us at the start of the show, I, I mentioned that this was Mahomes' This was Mahomes's version of the Jordan flu game, uh, game five of the 1997 finals. Uh, and Mahomes getting hurt and not wanting to go – you didn't get checked out. Mahomes literally went off, went off the field for a second, came right back out, um, and then you know came out again. They obviously did, they, they didn't want to put him back in. He, they wanted him to go to the locker room and all that stuff uh, to get tested before coming back out. But I think the players around him, and you mentioned it, Lance, the players around him, seeing him pick up the team when the defense is allowing a, a score in every drive uh, or in every series, and Mahomes came out. And they, everyone picked up their game. We're talking about guys like Derek Nani. We're talking about Colin Saunders. We're talking about uh, Noah Gray. We're talking about Chad Henney. We're talking about all these guys who picked up their game tonight because they saw their captain, their MVP, hurt and wanting to play regardless of his injury. No one knew how bad it was. There could have been a lot of things. That could have been, you know, I think some people said it could have been an could have been an MCL thing. Uh, the way his knee went, the way his knee went down. Uh, but we had, we had to get that checked out because he was kind of holding his knee at first. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, it's a, it's a thank. Thank the Lord, it's a it's a it's an ankle sprain, which ankle sprains are nothing to play around with. But seeing Mahomes, kind of the 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 uh, the story of Mahomes, like what, what what's the next thing to compare him to? I mean, well, obviously people want to call him the goat. Now we, we're giving Brady that that uh, that 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 um, title right now. But Mahomes is going into that that next level. He's probably potentially going to get his next MVP. Potentially, maybe compete in the Super Bowl, but we're seeing him do things that only a guy like Jordan that we could think of—a guy who played through pain in the biggest stages of them all. And people were saying, I guess, also people online saying, "Oh, why is Andy playing him right now? Why is he playing through this right now?" Yeah, in injuries happen, and this is a time of the year when you when you when a guy doesn't want to leave the field because this is what you play all year for. You play all year for to play in January to play to get a chance to play in February. Meaningless game in October. Mahomes is out of that game probably, and, and they're, they're not they're not gonna they're not gonna they're not gonna mess with it. We're in January. Mahomes doesn't want to go out. Mahomes is arguing with, with the guys in the sideline to stay in the game, and then the players around them see that going on, and it's no coincidence that everyone's game steps up, and you have guys, the role player guys on the defense, offense stepping up. I mean, even before the Justin Watson's catch, I mean, it's a guy that we've complained about dropping balls. He stepped up. I mean. Everyone did. And, and that's another thing, too. Once Mahomes got hurt, you saw the O-line play better. 
They weren't they weren't doing anything anymore. Mahomes had all day back there to do stuff. And yeah, maybe those guys on the edges felt bad that they were they were in uh, the, the Jags uh, deal. I was in his face every play, and they stepped up their game. Everyone stepped up their game when Mahomes got hurt. It's unfortunate that Mahomes has to get hurt for everyone to kind of for everyone's game to rise. But sometimes that happens in sports. Sometimes you have, you, you need that extra kick in the ass. Uh, and thankfully, it's not a, a season ender for Mahomes. It's just a, a high ankle sprain, but. It was nice to see everyone have take part in this victory. And at the at the end, when they were talking to Kelsey and uh, and Mahomes, they were talking about who should be the MVP of this game. And um, they all said Chad Henney, which I thought it was great to give him his uh, his flowers, well deserved flowers, to be quite honest. Um, yeah. But what, what, what do you think about this? Just seeing everyone because you mentioned everyone's game rose, but it it really it, it took Mahomes to get injured for everyone, especially the offensive line play. The offensive line played so good after that injury, and it's like wow. There you go, guys. That's what happened. When you don't do your job, this is what happens. That 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 shit happens. Yeah. Well, I think what happened is you saw the beginning of the game, and it was so it was so beautiful how it all worked out because the Chiefs obviously kicked the ball off like they like to, made a big stop on defense, a three, a quick three and out, and then Patrick Mahomes just got to work. The magic was there. He, you know, he's he's doing jump passes to Travis Kelsey. They got the goat to goat connection going already. And you know, I think I think what happens, and we've heard players talk about it, both on uh, opposing sides and on the on the friendly side of things, on t- uh, teammates talk about how sometimes you just kind of get caught up in the, the the magnificence of it all. You know, the magic of what Patrick Mahomes is as a quarterback, and you're just like you just catch yourself sometimes just watching. And I'm sure that's happened with Michael Jordan and LeBron James and all these other great all-time transcendent uh, players throughout history of athletics that you just get caught up in it sometimes. And once he went down. Uh, I think that it, it did wake everybody up, and I think Andy Reid got a hold of everybody. And I think it's so cool that Pat, that Andy Reid was a former offensive lineman in his days of playing because I think this he's able to get into the mentality and get into the psyche of his offensive linemen and how important it is to get those guys focused. And when Chad Henney came in, you saw a difference. You saw the run game open up, and it shouldn't. When you have your backup running backup quarterback out there, the defense should be able to pin their ears and say, you're not going to run the ball on us. And that's exactly what the Chiefs were able to do. Isaiah Pacheco had his longest run of the game when Patrick Mahomes was out. Yeah. And so that is what you're seeing this team do is they focused in, they honed in, and they said, all right, we got to go and get this one, man, because we don't know Patrick's coming back. It wasn't looking good for a minute. So we got to go out there and get this dub, man. And that's what happened. That's what you saw. And when it came to your question about Patrick Mahomes and, you know, how do you compare him to anybody else? To me, man, there's really no comparisons. The dude is barely 27 years old, and he just tied Terry Bradshaw for the 10th most postseason touchdowns in NFL history. He is less than 400 yards away from Chase or from uh, from uh, passing Kurt Warner for the 10th most passing yards in postseason history. The man isn't even in his prime yet, and he's already getting in the top 10 of the most important stats of any quarterback to ever play football in postseason football. This is something we've never seen before. This is why I've said that he is unprecedented. I know he's our quarterback, so it's easy for us to gloat and carry on about him, but these are the facts. The man has the highest quarterback rating in the history of the NFL in the regular season and in the postseason, and they are identical. He has the highest yards per game average in both the regular season and the postseason. This man is doing things we've never seen before, and he's been doing it since day one. This is stuff you see, guys. Even Tom Brady, the great Tom Brady, it took this man several years even to get to 4,000 yards and over 25, 30 touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes did that in the first 10 games of his career. I mean, this is this is what this man's been doing since day one, and you see it in postseason. There's no drop-off. He's the same no matter what the situation is, no matter what the stakes are. He does what he does. And the best part about Patrick Mahomes and what separates him from the rest isn't just his talent. 
Because we've seen Brett Favre, we've seen Aaron Rodgers, we've seen Josh Allen, we've seen Justin Herbert. These guys that have absolute rifles. These guys that can throw the ball all over the field just like Patrick Mahomes can. But what separates him is the ability to just continue to work through injuries. The guy, Most quarterbacks, they have that injury, they're not coming back for the rest of the game, like you said. Whether it's regular season, whether it's a postseason game, guys are not coming back. He fought through that. Now, whether they gave him a shot, which they probably did, and they taped it up, he still went out there. But it wasn't that he just went out there. The dog in him is what helped, helped him focus in, ignore the pain, and go out there and sling the ball and complete 66% of his passes with one leg. And it's so fitting because if we know anything about Patrick Mahomes in the year the Chiefs won their first Super Bowl in 2019, Patrick Mahomes had a leg injury all season. Mm -hmm. And it was to the same leg so Patrick Mahomes is on, the, is on the precipice of leading this team to another Super Bowl on one leg. That's something that just is simply unexplainable, and I'm tired of trying to explain this, man, because you can't encapsulate him. You can't explain him. Patrick Mahomes is simply one of one because of the talent and the FU, I'm getting it done mentality that he has, man. It, it, you just you don't, you don't can't replicate that. You mm -hmm. can't find that guy just sitting around. He is special. He is one of one. Yeah, and it also uh, our comment here by our guy Three Studio. Um, why receivers really quiet today? Sands MVS TD, but still got to get that ish moving forward ne next week. And you look at the numbers here. Take away Kadarius Tony, I, I don't really know where our receiving game would be because I mean, obviously Kadarius he became the focal point for the receivers today. Obviously, the short stuff was there. We, we were we were taking the quick stuff anyway, but. Kelsey's 14 catches. Take, take away those. You have uh, uh, KT leads the team with five catches as far as on the receiver end. And then it dro then drop off J uh, Juju with two catches. Then Watson, one catch. MVS, one catch. And then Sky Moore with one catch. So, yeah, that's, that is troublesome. Uh, but, I mean, we also were adapting on the fly um, with, um, you know, this, this injury and having to go quick stuff. Well, I'm gonna say some. I'm gonna say something about that real quick with the wide receiver position because I agree it is worrisome. Mm -hmm. But right now, it, it it works. Patrick Holmes was able to have an historic season with this this much limitation at wide receiver. So I don't like it. But this is another reason why I said on my Twitter account a couple days ago that make no mistake about it. Just because this worked this season doesn't mean that the Chiefs aren't gonna go on this offseason and say, all right. Let's go get him. A, let's go get him a top tier wide receiver. That's why the DeAndre Hopkins news is news. That's yeah. why there is that still out there, man. That the Chiefs are still right now, as currently constructed, the favorites of getting new new Hopkins, man. Because yep. I think it's a real thing. Because even though yes, he's not going to be cheap per se. I think he's got thirty four million left on his deal. He is in his thirties. He's had some injury concerns. Make no mistake about it, though. My, a healthy Hopkins is a top ten receiver still very much in this league, yeah. and he would still be cheaper than what Tyreek Hill would have been. Tyreek Hill's dead cap money for the next two years, I think, is in the set and sixties. So you're saving a ton of money, and you're getting mm. still a top ten receiver if that does happen. But even if it isn't Hopkins, the Chiefs are going to be out there shopping this year because they have a ton of cap space to yeah. work with and mess with. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't put a, a, a put it past them to utilize a couple picks mid, maybe even early in the draft. I know we got a long way to go, but they might go and get a receiver, man, because you're talking about Juju might be gone, McCole Hardman might be gone, MVS they might get out of his contract, and then you're left with Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, and a bunch of young guys. Yeah. I think that the Chiefs are going to go out there and be very aggressive at the wide receiver position because even though. Patrick Mahomes can still make it work. You don't want to make him have to go and do that. And furthermore, mm -hmm. Travis Kelsey's going to be 34 years old next season. Like yeah. he's still great. And he's going to continue to be great. Like we saw Tony Gonzalez still go out there and get 950 yards at 37 years old. 
That's where I think Travis Kelsey's going to be. But you, even with that, at the Falcons days with Tony G, he still had Roddy White and Julio Jones and other guys around him to make his job easier. They yeah. need to do the same thing for Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey moving forward. Yeah, 100%. You can't rely on a guy. I mean, he Kelsey cannot be your focal receiver, focal point receiver as he gets up, up there. And I got flagged for when I said that the Hopkins news is something to, to, to look at, and especially now everyone's like, oh, Patriots. If they if they get Bill O'Brien, you can Hopkins ain't, ain't going there. He's not going to wave his no trade clause to go to um to, to go to go to New England to, to be with Bill O'Brien again. Not not going to happen. Not with Mac Jones. He's like you said. He's getting his thirties. He's getting older. He's going to want to win one. And best chance to win is going to Kansas City, playing with Pat and Hop, Hopkins is a different type of receiver than Tyreek Hill. Probably different type of receiver that we've ever had uh, in the Mahomes era. So like I. Sky's the limit to see him with uh, Hopkins, but that's a conversation. We're, we're going to get into a lot of that conversation in the offseason. Um, but uh, final topic here before we, we before we head out and get to watch this uh, Eagles and uh, Giants game. Um, tomorrow, Buffalo-Cincinnati. Um, I'm going to ask you right now, uh, not who you have in this game. As Chief fans, who would you rather play, Cincinnati or Buffalo? Two teams that we've, you know, had – Kind of back and forth with, uh, well, actually, no, no, there's been no back and forth with Cincinnati um, as far as the the, the, the win loss. Um, would you rather play Cincinnati at home or play Buffalo at a neutral site? Who, who if you had, if you had to ch- pick and choose, who would you rather play? Well, let me first say that I don't think that this should be a scenario we're dealing with at all. I think that the Bengals got absolutely screwed in this, as we've talked about before, that they lose a home game against the Bills, get screwed, and the whole playoff rules have changed, and somehow the Bills are now getting to host the Bengals in this game. It should be a neutral site for this one, if we're really going to go by neutral sites. From a matchup perspective, I'd rather place the, I'd rather face the Bills. I think the Chiefs are, I think they're they're suited to beat the Bills better than they are to beat the Bengals just simply off of his, history. The Chiefs have beaten the Bills in the last two postseasons, and this Bills team isn't as good as they were last season. They had the number one ranked defense last year. This defense isn't nearly as good as they were last season. They're not nearly as healthy as they were last season, even with Trey White being out last year. They had a healthier defense, and Josh Allen was playing better football last season. He's turning the ball over left and right, literally, man. I mean, he he's the single reason why that was even a game against the Skylar Thompson Dolphins last week. Yeah. It should not have been a game. They should have rolled 34-point victory on that one. It was J- Josh Allen. So from a just fr- from a scheme, schematic confidence aspect of it all, I think that they would rather play the Bills, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a curveball on you. I'm, I'm hoping it's the Bengals and Chiefs. Biggest reason why? Because the Chiefs deserve to have a home game in the AFC Championship, man. This is only right. For the for as long as we can remember, you get the one seed in the AFC, you have the right to have the home game in the AFC championship or the NFC championship, whatever conference you're in. I don't want to see the rules get changed. And quite frankly, if the Bills end up winning this game against the Bengals, the NFL is going to capitalize on this. And it wouldn't shock me at all. They try to move move it forward to where they take away conference mm-hmm. championship games from the home team, and that's going to ruin everything. It takes away so much of the incentive of winning that one seed, especially now with as imperative as it is to get the one seed with only one team getting a bye. You're essentially telling the one seed, hey, now what you get is a bye, and you get one home game. BS, man. I don't want that. I want to see the NFL continue down the path they're going where you win the one seed, you get a first-round bye, you win that next home game, you get a home game. I don't want to see no neutral site BS, man. Chiefs fans, this is their time to be able to inherit this type of glory. We should be able to experience a fifth consecutive conference championship game at Arrowhead. So schematically, it'll be a tougher matchup. 
Felicia from integrity purposes and also to get a monkey off the Chiefs' back, I think it's better that they play the Bengals because I think the Chiefs would give it everything they got if they get to play in front of their home crowd and try to take away that winning streak that Joe Burrow and his guys have gotten against the Chiefs over the over this last calendar year. Yeah, I think for me, forget about the the uh, the being at home. Obviously, that helps to being at home. But uh, although I will, I I would personally like to see uh, Mahomes in, in the dome in the AFC Championship game, but. Obviously, home field advantage is, is big. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you. I, I want to play Cincinnati. Um, I don't necessarily think we match up against them better. However, I think that's what you say. I want to get the monkey off our back is those guys talk so much shit. They're a very cocky bunch. And I, Joe, you know, Joe's window is forever, as, as he says. Um, and what Mixon has mentioned multiple times, they are the top dogs in the AFC. And, um, and that's about I, – I do kind of want to make them eat some humble pie. So I would love <laughs> to play them, especially – their O lines in shambles, uh, and I think with the way our defensive line has really come, come to play the last few weeks, I love to see our defensive line against them in, in the AFC Championship game. And I know with the amount of shit talking that team did against us every time they play us, but specifically after they beat us in the AFC Championship game last year, I think our team's definitely going to come out and want to play uh, and want to put something on their ass, uh, Eddie Kennison style, um, uh, in the AFC Championship game. So yeah. Kansas City also, and then just again that monkey off our back, just beating the shit out of the Bengals. Because I mean, th three times in a row. It's hard. It's hard to beat a team three times in a row. They've done that. It's if you be if they if they if my I don't want to put this out there in the universe, but if they beat us four times in a row, man, a sweep in the NFL, you don't really you don't see that. I mean, we do it every year in the, in the division, but I mean that that would be bad. That that'd be awful. But I do I don't think a team can beat us four times in a row, um, even with the Mahomes on one foot. That's a lot, of, and you know, like you said, there's a lot of pressure on both the Bills and Bengals. Think about it, man. If the Bengals end up beating the Bills tomorrow, you're talking about a Bills team that's going to have to reflect all offseason about what they're going to do moving forward. They're going to mm -hmm. have to pay Josh Allen a ton of money coming up. I mean, his his guaranteed money is going to start really start to kick in. Mm -hmm. Jordan Poyer, a 32 year old safety, is going to be a free agent. Von Miller is going to be 34 years old, and he probably won't play at all next season, if not late in the season. They're an aging team. They have a defensive-minded head coach that continues to fall short in the playoffs. And on the Bengals side of things, yes, like you're talking about, man, a team that's very confident. Let me just first of all say that I actually don't mind the Bengals talking the way they are because of the fact that obviously, one, it sets up the idea that the Chiefs can humble them, which I'm very much on board with. Yeah. But it's also the fact that this is a team, man, of all the teams out there, that have been able to beat the Chiefs on a consistent mm -hmm. basis. So they should feel good about themselves. They did represent the AFC in the Super Bowl last year, even though they didn't win. They mm -hmm. should feel very good about themselves, man. And they also are pissed off because they did get robbed, as I already addressed, man. They feel like they've been gypped by the NFL, and they're going to come in this game guns blazing. They're the, I think they're the better team with the better quarterback, and I'll go as far as say I think they have the better head coach. I would take Zach Taylor over Sean McDermott, and I like Sean McDermott a lot. Wow. I think Zach Taylor, an offensive-minded head coach, is the way to go, man. Seven of the eight teams going into today that were remaining in the playoffs were offensive-minded head coaches. Sign me up for Zach Taylor, man. And, I again, from the storyline perspective, I know the NFL wants the Bills. But if the Bengals go out there, their offensive line – and, again, the offensive line's banged up. It's in shambles and all that. But they were – the Titans sacked Joe Burrow nine times last season in, the, mm. in that divisional game, and they still beat the Titans in Tennessee. And the biggest reason why is what? Because of turnovers from Tannehill. Mm -hmm. What did I just say about Josh Allen? 
You go against that Bengals defense, it's going to play bend, don't break. And you know Josh Allen's going to get impatient as hell, and he's going to chuck the ball downfield. It's going to set up plays and opportunities for the Bengals to capitalize and turn the ball over and give Joe Burrow extended more drives, more possessions. And I think Joe Burrow, a guy that is so calm in the pocket, can go into Buffalo. If the refs don't get in the way, and that's a real thing because Carl Sheffers is officiating this game, if he stays the hell out of the way, I do think the Bengals are going to win this game. Yeah, hopefully they get the officiating that we had today, which pretty much stayed out of it altogether today. I, I thought the officiating, like you mentioned, did a really good job today. Um, I guess say the, the Bills have regressed a lot this year, uh, and, and I think it has a lot to do with Dayball leaving and, and Ken Dorsey being the guy there. And it doesn't make any sense to make Ken Dorsey is actually being considered for the uh, the Carolina Panthers head coaching job. Um, that's that's odd to me. I think the Bills have regressed immensely under uh, Ken Dorsey, um, specifically toward the second half of the season. They've looked pretty bad uh, offensively. Um, I gotta say though, have you been watching a lot of Colin Coward recently? Because uh, that, that that whole offensive coaching that, that that's something he's been harping on all season. That you can't in, in this modern day, and I agree with him to a certain extent that you know you, in this modern age of, of uh, football, you kind of have an have an offensive minded coach, especially when you have a guy like Josh Allen. Um, I think McDermott though. I think he's I think he's a good coach. Um, yeah, but you you are right. I, mean, I I do agree. I I think all teams need to kind of shift in that. I, that's why I'm not a big Staley fan. I think Chargers should 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 move off him, but the OC got the scapegoat there, which does not. I mean, hey, I look, I, I think Chiefs fans. I think we should start a, like a GoFundMe or like a like a petition <laughs> group to like pay for Staley's uh, contract because you know Chargers. Hey, look. We're willing to donate. Keep him there as long as you want because it only benefits us here in Kansas City when he's playing his starters in meaningless games to go into the playoffs and he literally has his receiver have a broken back that could have been the deciding factor in them advancing in the playoffs because I think if Mike Williams would have been healthy for that game against the Jaguars, I think the Chargers win the game. So yeah. I, I, you know, these these are the kinds of decisions I'm more than okay with Brand Staley, a defensive-minded head coach, I might add, yeah. being being there in the Chargers uh, facilities for years to come. So yeah, let's let's go ahead and start donating some money towards that man. Help the Chargers alleviate some of that stress. They don't have to pay him. We can do it. Yeah. Well, let me ask you actually. This, this going off tangent here about uh, just the AFC West in general. The uh, Sean Payton was on Colin Coward show this week, and he mentioned that. Uh, the I guess what the price would be to again would be with like two two second round picks or or two early like uh, multiple early picks in, in the draft uh, and on top of that what twenty to twenty three million dollars a year uh, is what he what he want I mean Denver trading two you know two first round picks or a first and a second and then also paying them paying him that money I don't know I mean would you would you be scared about Sean Payne coming to the AFC West and having to play him two times a year? I mean, given that Denver, at least the next two years, would kind of be, you know, not have a first-round pick to, to, to trade him, um, to trade him uh, two early picks uh, for, uh, for Sean Payton. What do you think Look, about that? I, I think Sean Payton is a top-five head coach in this league. I think Sean Payton knows offense better than anybody outside of maybe Andy Reid, Kyle Shanahan, and Sean McVay. I think those are the only three guys that I think understand the game on the offensive side to the same level as Sean Payton. This man is an absolute genius. He made Drew Brees into one of the greatest quarterbacks who've ever lived. Yeah. So I, I definitely think that he brings cachet. He brings clout. He brings reverence and respect, and you do have to pay attention to him no matter where he goes. He comes to the Broncos. I think the Broncos are just naturally a better team. The mm -hmm. question that you have to ask, though, is how much better? Because I think Sean McVay can, can coach circles around a lot of people, but you're coming into the domain of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and they're in their in their prime as, as a collective. And it's not just the Chiefs. It's also the fact of what Sean Sean Payton would be inheriting. You have to understand that Russell Wilson is not gonna be fixed. 
This is who he is when he is the guy that's called upon. Because if we saw in Seattle, he was a very good quarterback. But it was the defense in the run game that led them to where they were. It was always that. He played his role. And then when he had to play savior coming to Denver, you saw what he was, especially at his advanced age as an undersized quarterback that's been sacked 500 times in his career. And I'm not making up that number. So Sean Payton coming to the AFC West, coming into Denver, they're not only going to give up even more draft capital just to get him, but then you're looking at the cap situation they're going to have as well. They're not going to have money to go out there and get weapons for Russell Wilson like people think they will, and their draft is going to be as limited as could be. So you're talking about Sean Payton banking on a 34-year-old Russell Wilson to go and contend in the AFC West. At best, he will have the third best quarterback in his own division and would have maybe the ninth, 10th, or maybe even 11th best quarterback in the AFC. So his work would be insanely cut, cut for him. And here's my thing. Sean Payton, I'm so glad he's getting back into coaching because I think the NFL is better with him than without him. I think he did good in Fox, but I definitely think coaching is where he belongs. But I really hope that Sean Payton is emotionally and mentally prepared to never win anything meaningful in his coaching career again if he goes to Denver. Because he will, and mark my words when I say this, if he takes this Denver job, he will never win anything meaningful in Denver. Because Patrick Mahomes is not going anywhere. The man is 27 years old and Andy Reid's not going anywhere. And we've seen the recreation of the AFC West. We've seen them spend half a billion dollars just to still not win the AFC West. I love Sean Payton, got a lot of respect for him, but you put him with Russell Wilson, they're still not beating the Chiefs out for the AFC West. Mark my freaking words right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, I do think it would be kind of a not a, a three-way. As long as Staley's in, in, in L.A., I think it's going to be – it would be a two-way race if they were to get Sean Payton. Not to say they would take it from us at all, but I'm just saying I think that, that would be the bigger competition. They have a good defense in place uh, in, in Denver – you put Sean Payton there, you can kind of rework that offense to make it work for Russell Wilson. I don't know. It'd be interesting, but it's a, it'd be a lot to get him there, and I think that would kind of hamstring them a, a little bit. Um, so I take it based on what you said about Cincinnati and um, and Buffalo tomorrow, you have Cincinnati winning that game? You, that is you think correct. We, yes, I do. You think, you think we play in Kansas City against Cincinnati next week is what is what you have? Uh, yep. I think, I, think, I think that the right thing is going to happen. And again, even – sight in the balance here. I still think the Bengals are the better team because if you just saw that game in week 17, the Bengals were going to destroy the, B the Bills in that game. They were up 7-3 yeah. to three and they were driving. They were about to score another touchdown and Josh Allen looked shook in that game. I know it was in Cincinnati, but we've seen the Bills. And here's, I, I, I brought this up on our show this week, man. I said this very thing. If you look at Josh Allen's playoff career, he has never overcome and beaten a quarterback that's either just as good or better than him in the postseason. Look at his wins and look at his losses. In 2019, he lost to Deshaun Watson, who at that time was a top five quarterback in the league. Then he beats Phillip Rivers, a 39-year-old quarterback, barely survives him, I might add, yeah. in Buffalo in 2020. A very close game the Colts could have very well, very much won. Then mm -hmm. he beats Lamar Jackson, who regressed significantly from his MVP season the previous year. And Josh Allen in 2020 was a far better quarterback than Lamar Jackson was at that point because mm -hmm. of the fact that well, I, think, I think Josh Allen finished second in MVP votes behind Aaron Rodgers. And so he beat, he beat Lamar Jackson. The defense actually beat Lamar. And Lamar's actually been horrible in the postseason. So we mm -hmm. can't even give him that much credit to begin with. And then obviously we saw the Chiefs win by two points and two touchdowns in the AFC Championship. You go to 2021, beats Mac Jones. Do we really need to give him any credit for that one? It's Mac Jones. And then he goes and loses again to Patrick Mahomes. Look at his career. Now you see him beat Skyler Thompson, survives Skyler Thompson. 
You look at his you look at his career, man. He's going up against Joe Burrow and a plethora of weapons, man. They're coming mm -hmm. in here three, four deep with receiving options and Joe Mixon out of the backfield. I yeah. like the Bengals in this game, and I like them a lot. I think they're going to cover the five points. I think it's five or five and a half. I think they cover that yeah. because there's no way the Bills are going to stop them on the offensive side. Joe is going to go out there and sling the ball and sling it a lot, and Josh Allen's going to feel the pressure, and he's going to throw at least one interception in this game that's going to decide this game. Uh, yeah, went up to five and a half, so it's five and a half now. I, I, yeah, give me the point. I, I look at that game and I'm like five and a half to a team that arguably, if you if you if they played head to head this season that full game, they would have won that game. Five and a half. I, I just think that Vegas is trying to trick people into taking Cincinnati. I I think Cincinnati's a better team, but I think they're, they're trying to trick people into taking Cincinnati and say, oh, they can cover this. They're you know they're a better team. I don't know, man. It's going to be an interesting one. I have Buffalo or I have Cincinnati winning that game. But I'm just scared about the way that line is. I don't know where the public money is on that, um, where, where the public is in this. Um, obviously, I think it's Buffalo if they have the line keeps going up for Cincinnati. Uh, so, yeah, I think most people have it. Let me see the money one here. Uh, wow. Looks like a majority of the bets have been placed on Cincinnati as far as money line. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. 58 to 42% on that. Um, okay, so uh, AFC side, NFC side, who, uh, who do you uh, who do you have? Uh, Philly's already up 7-0 right now. Um, uh, they just scored another touchdown. That's 13-0 now. Um, looks like that's we know where that's going. Uh, so Philadelphia and you got San Fran Dallas on the other side. What do you got? Yeah, so I, I thought Dallas had a really good game against the Bucs, but let's be honest here, man. The Bucs are the worst team in the playoffs yep. uh, record-wise, and quite honestly, they look like a team that wasn't on their last foot. They're on their last pinky toe. And it just there was no Tom Brady magic. And that's I picked the Bucs, full disclosure. That was the one game I've gotten really? so far. And it was because I it's because I believed that the Cowboys were not going to come in there and play well on that grass. Dak Prescott wasn't going to have his best game of his career, and he ended up having, what, a four or five touchdown game. And I thought Tom Brady was going to get those – horrific penalties downfield, drive them down the field, get a game-winning touchdown or field goal. I was 100% wrong. Dak Prescott balled out, but this makes me feel even more confident in my stance and what I picked from the beginning of the season. I said the 49ers were going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, and I am not budging. In fact, I feel even more confident about that, and I picked that back when they were two quarterbacks ago with wow. Trey Lance. Then they lose him, they lose Jimmy Garoppolo, and hey, they might have had their best quarterback just sitting there waiting in the wings and Brock Purdy. I don't know what he is yet. All I do know is this guy has been nails. The moment's never been too big for him. He's been productive. He's been efficient. And he does exactly what Kyle Shanahan needs. And furthermore, let's give this kid some credit. Because he does play within the scheme and the system, and that's what Kyle Shanahan needs. But how many times did we just see in this last game against the Seahawks, a divisional foe that they've already faced two other times, how many times Brock Purley did off-schedule throws that were accurate, that created plays downfield, and got scoring drives out of it? This kid, I think, has the real potential of being a, a legitimate quarterback in this league. And when mm -hmm. you have a guy like that that has the poise, composure, and the ability to get the ball downfield to these playmakers, with Christian McCaffrey, who might be the best running back in the league right now, with the best defense behind them, a defense that since losing to the Chiefs by 21 points in Week, nine, week 8, they have not only not lost a game, they've been beating, to, they've been holding their opponents to 16 points per game and have had eight double-digit victories. They have been dominating their opposition, man. So unless you can show me, a rep, unless you can tell me that the Cowboys are going to go out there and replicate what they did against the Bucks, which is what they're going to have to do to win this game in San Francisco, mm -hmm. I'm not buying it. They're going to beat the Cowboys. I do believe the Eagles are going to beat the Giants because they're just too talented of a team and Jalen Hurts is just healthy enough. They're going to win this game tonight. And then there, there's going to be an, AFC, an NFC Championship in Philadelphia and the San Francisco 49ers are a perfect team to go against the Eagles because the Eagles are predicated on what? Play action and run game. The 49ers are one of the best defenses against play action, and they are, I think, the single best defense against the run run, uh, run game. So mm. I, I 
I have to be convinced otherwise the 49ers are not going to make it to the Super Bowl. And that sets up for a perfect scenario if our Chiefs end up in the Super Bowl and we get ourselves a rematch from Super Bowl 54 because I think that is the most beautiful scenario we could come up with, man, because I think those are the two most worthy opponents in the entire NFL. And I think the Chiefs have a serious advantage in that one. We can get to that one later on. But, yes, I'm very confident that the Niners are going to get to the, the, uh, the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I think one thing about um, what um, Purdy's been doing, I, I think – with that offense, and this is what kind of Jimmy G's been the, best, the king of. You don't have to be the best quarterback to be in that offense. And now you have McCaffrey in there. You don't have to be a Mahomes type. You don't have to be a playmaker. You have to do the right throws. And that's one thing Purdy's been doing. Purdy's been doing making some of these highlight type special type plays. And with McCaffrey, with uh, Kittle, with Debo, uh, with uh, you, I mean, they have a plethora of weapons there. I mean, it's and, he, and he's looking well so far. I will say Purdy did screw me over a lot uh, in his college days and some, a lot of my bets uh, at Iowa State. So I'm very surprised to see him <laughs> doing what he's doing so far. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I have Philly and I have uh, San Fran tomorrow night. Um, yeah, you and I are pretty much in the, in the same boat here. I, did, I I had Dallas in that Tampa Bay game, though. I was I was kind of concerned when I heard about that, uh, that Brady was undefeated against Dallas all time. Um, which I thought was a crazy stat. Uh, but yeah, and also I think what helped me pick Dallas was the fact that they dominated, uh, they got dominated by Washington so badly. And I was like, there's no way they come out looking that poorly again. And I think, yeah. I think I read a stat every time they lost a game this year, they came out and won the next three. Like they, if you look at their like schedule, it was loss, win, 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 loss, win, win, win. Um, but yeah, I don't think Dallas replicates that performance. Um, and I think even though I think that was more, I think it was worse Buccaneers than it was, uh, uh, good, uh, Cowboys last week. I, they, they just looked bad last week. They're, um, but yeah, so, uh, looks like Philly's going to win this one tonight, 14, nothing to start off the game. Um, Daniel Jones doesn't have, doesn't have it in him to come back. I don't think. Um, and then yeah, tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow's going to be an interesting game. You get three o'clock at, at Buffalo and then six 30 at San Francisco. So it's a great weekend of sports. Um, it's a really good time of the year. Um, you know, as you get closer to March madness, you know, NBA starting to heat up and then we get, we're getting close to the, uh, the, the real deal time of the NFL season, man. Uh, it's kind of a sad part of the year when the NFL is almost done. It's also an exciting time for other parts or other sports going on, but we're, we're going to make these, we're going to, we're going to milk these next three weeks as much as we can. Um, because that, that, that's, that's what we do. Um, but all right, Lance, uh, you guys can catch Lance on the spoken podcast uh, next Saturday. Correct. Are you guys? That is correct, man. You guys nope. can bounce around a little bit with, with the schedules, with the shows, right? Because of the, the playoffs, right? But, yeah, we've been hanging tough, though, man. We had a late, late show last night. I think we wrapped up at around 1, 12 31 o'clock in the morning over here in Central Standard Time, but we yeah. hung tough. It's been a great show, and I, so far we've been good, man. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be next Saturday, episode 203. We're definitely going to be talking about the conference championship games. We're going to be recapping this one against the Jaguars, talking about Patrick Mahomes' leg. We got a lot to talk about, man. So, hopefully, you guys will stay tuned. We open up at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, live streaming on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, of course, so you can subscribe there as well. And we talk all sports all the time, man. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So you guys definitely go check out Lance and the spoken podcast. Uh, me and JD will be back. Our episode will be on at, on Thursday, uh, normal time uh, around noon is when we'll get the episode up. Um, JD, yeah, you tell you tell JD that I don't care what he's got going on, man. This is hanging out with you and I is far more important. All right. I don't care if it's Dwayne, the rock Johnson, that's inviting him over, man. We got Marcus dash in the house. I know, Damn it! I know. You 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 pay homage to my guy Marcus Dash. <laughs> yeah, he, and I love JD. That's my guy. He sees this face for too long during the week. I, I, <laughs> I, we, we needed a little break from each other. <laughs> but no, no, J, JD and I will be back for a Thursday show. We will try to get a guest on. It's gonna be kind of tough. He's he's on LA right now. We'll try to get a guest on. We had Queen Gray this past week, which. 
lot of you Chief fans, uh, some, some of the new Chief fans didn't know who that who, who <laughs> was. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was cool having Queen Greg on this week, and we're gonna try with Chief concerns. We always try to get the guys who are like given her from in a while. We try always try to get those types of guys out there. So we'll try to get that. Uh, but um, at worst case, you get me and JD, which not 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 a bad not a bad thing. Still doing but, pretty um, good. It's not bad. It's it's all right. <laughs> But all right, guys, we hope you guys enjoy the rest of the additional weekend, and we'll see you guys uh, next week. See you guys. Take it easy, Lance. Hi, everybody. Thanks for watching. Subscribe here to get the latest from the show. Also, be sure to check out the best clips from Chief Concerns. And if you prefer to listen to the show, subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.